Sound like a golf clap, you know, that golf, nice butt. They're whispering. We're going to do something a little different today. Um, in a minute, I'm going to have my wife come up and Aaron and Ilsa, and we're going to share our hearts with you. We just got back last night. Um, we were at a conference in, in, in Dallas, a conference that Athena and I have gone to the last few years, and we're trying to take some of our leaders. We got to go with the Braces last year. We got to go with the Olsons this year. And uh, I tell you, folks, there, there, there was just something special about that conference. And if you know me, I'm not a person that holds very tightly to events as, uh, you know, that we, we, I think sometimes as a church we can be very event-oriented, and I think we need to get away from that. I think we need to call people to a 24-7 uh, relationship with Jesus, and that's how we walk it out. But uh, as, as an encouragement, a challenge, it was a conviction for church leaders. Um, I tell you, it was in, very intense. And so we're going to share our hearts with you guys um, about some things that stood out to us. It's interesting. The first year we went, uh, the theme was beautiful feet, you know, and, and those who carry the good news, the beautiful feet. The second year was Rise of the Iguana, which is kind of funny, because he talked about the focus of an iguana and leaders having focus. Last year was um, Exceed, that God is able to do above, abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think or ask. And this year we got there, and there is no theme. They didn't give us a word. But as some of these, 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 these folks, the speakers, were, were, were speaking and sharing their hearts, to me, it hit me right in the heart that, that I mean, and, and if I was calling, making a theme, it was called urgency. We are in an urgent time in history. And one of the things that I have loved about this conference, it's not just this hoorah, rah, yay, yay, yay kind of thing. They get very real and very raw. They talk about, they talk to pastors about that uh, pastors are in the top five of anxiety attacks, stress, depression, medication, pastors. Churches are on the decline. Average attendance of churches in the United States, 70 people. If you have a growing church, you are in about a 5% minority in the, United in the United States. And these are alarming things. Pastors are quitting ministry because they can't take it. Churches are shutting down. And they talk about this stuff, the real and the raw. And that's what they kept saying. Ed Young said, we're going to talk about the real and the raw. And that's exactly what they did. And they, 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 they began to, you know, the, each speaker is just an urgency of getting back to the mission of the church, why we exist as the church, doing what we're supposed to be doing. And so, again, I'm going to have these guys come up. If you guys want to come up, love our leaders. Thank God for them. Come on up. And um, I just want to, first of all, as they come up, because the, one of the things that they talk about is as the leadership of the church goes, so the, the, the entire church goes. And we have some phenomenal leaders in this church. Can we have our leaders stand up? I'm gonna, I want to have our leaders stand up. You and your wives, stand up, stand up, stand up. Right now, stand up, stand up, leaders. Thank God for these leaders. We had the opportunity to go with braces last year, this year, Olson's, and uh, I tell you, to share hearts with people what God is speaking is nothing like it, being a team, and uh, we are blessed in this church to have the leaders 
that we have among us, and I just bring honor to them. These folks seek the Lord. They pray. They are, they are, we are asking the Lord every day of what he's speaking to us, and we are excited. I mean, there's another thing. There's the anticipation of what God is speaking and the way he's taking us. And so I wasn't going to use this word, but we're going to spitball it up here for a little while, okay? That's what they say in the South. Um, I'm going to get a little Tennessee on you sometimes. You guys need that. But, uh, and we're going to just share, and we're going to just kind of things that stood out, challenges. And I, and I pray, and, 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 and I just, I, my hope for all of us is, again, more than us just getting back from this conference and just kind of saying, oh, it was, it was really good. And I want it to be a challenge to you. I want it to be a conviction to you. I want it to be where we grab hold of the mission and the purposes of Christ in this urgent, critical hour that we live in because people need Jesus. People need Jesus, and we have him. And so we're going to go around, and we're going to just kind of talk about some things, and I'll probably talk a lot more than them. So, Let me pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for this church. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us. Lord, that we are in this place and in, in this time in history for a reason. And Lord, that for each person in this room, you have a purpose and a destiny and a calling on their lives. I pray, God, that as a church, we would walk in all that you have for us. Jesus, come, we pray. Come, we pray today. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Jump in. Let's go. Well, I just want to encourage everyone. We're not just going to talk about what we gleaned and how awesome it was. We, it's very applicable. It's so good. You know, God led us to go to this conference um, years ago accidentally. Um, we just came upon it, and it was life to us, and it spoke to us right where we were and exactly what we were going through and the things that we were facing. It equipped us to be able to do what we were, what God has called us to do, and, but, um, First of all, I just want to encourage you because a, a lot of the encouragement, too, was, was um, for us to be able to see Jesus, uh, how Jesus looks at us. We want to encourage you all because we're all called to the ministry. That's, the, that's one of the biggest things that came out. We're all called to the ministry. We can't do what you guys do, and you guys can't always necessarily do what we do. And there's different purposes and different um, seasons and times that doesn't make one of us better than the other. We're all in this together, but that God has his hand upon your life. And though it may not, your ministry may not look like this. It may not be public. It may not be standing up in front holding a microphone. That does not mean that it's not valuable, that it's not God ordained. We've got to have people out there doing the work of the ministry. Pastors are called to equip and train. The body is to go out and do the work. And so um, you're called, you're anointed. God has his hand on your life. There's a purpose and a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that you've been called with a plan and a purpose by God. And he, from the very foundations of the world, he called you forth. And so if we get activated, not just leadership, but as Christians, as those that love the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart, if we get activated we can change the world, and that's what we see in the disciples and what Jesus did, um, training them up and, and leading them. Jesus didn't do it all. He let them do it. And so 
the encouragement to you is God smiles on us as a church, as individuals. He loves you. If you could see what he sees and how he feels about you, it would transform our lives. And so I want to encourage you. You are called. You have a purpose. And God has a plan for you for the glory of his name. And so that was one of the beautiful things that came out. That girl can preach, can't she? Come on. <laughs> That's right. Come on. That was good. That was very good. Well, you know, first off, I just want to uh, say publicly, too, just we are so blessed to have Bruce as our pastor and Athena here in our church. Uh, give them a round of applause. We're, we're, These guys, you know, Bruce said it, you know, this isn't, this isn't something that you just, you know, it's not a fun thing to, you know, go and see and do. This is, this is serious stuff, and these are, these are pastors from all over the world that have flown in to Texas, so it's not like they're from just Texas or, you know, a 550-mile radius, 5-mile radius. These guys are from all over the world, and they all had the same message, and they had not talked to each other about it. So that is God. And, and this, is, this is a rock-solid place for these guys to be equipped and leadership to get equipped and to just uh, get the, the encouragement and to be transformed. And they're bringing that back, and we're bringing it back. We were there, fortunate enough to be, be a part of it, uh, to bring that back to the church here. And, you know, Ed Young, he, he has a lot of isms, a lot of phrases that he says. And one of the phrases is, you know, it's a whole nother level is what we're going to. We're going to a whole nother level. That's, that's what we want to bring back from this conference. Exactly right. Yeah, they don't know that we're going to say a few things about them first. <laughs> <laughs> that's but why we, we brought them up here. We're going to pay them later. <laughs> it was all worked out. So. But we are so very blessed to have them as our, as our pastors. And... Um, and if you spend any amount of time with them, any amount at all, you know two things. They love God and they love people. And really that's all you need to know um, to trust their leadership and um, to follow them as pastors of this church. They love God and they love people really well. And also their servants too. Um, kind of a funny story that just shows this. Um, the last day there we were getting something to drink and Aaron was putting cream in his coffee. And... Um, he spilled, spilled the coffee, and I ran around the corner, and I said, Bruce, come here, look. And I don't typically call people over to laugh at my husband. <laughs> I spilled several times this week, so. It was kind of an ongoing thing, and I said, you just got to look. And I called him over to laugh along with me, but then I look again, and Bruce is bent down cleaning it up <laughs> with napkins. And I said, no, that's not why I called you over here to clean it up. I called you over here to laugh at Aaron, <laughs> you know. I was um, cleaning and laughing, so. <laughs> yeah, he got a good laugh, and then, you know, that's just, that's just who they are. We, they just serve. I mean, that, that's a servant's heart. Well, we appreciate them. Um, as, we, uh, as we went in that conference, uh, and again, the encouragement to you guys, I was highly convicted by so many things, just as a leader you know, of, of how you lead and, and what our emphasis is. And, um, it's, it, and you, see, you hear the stats that I gave you, and in and, and, and some ways they can, they're staggering when you, when you hear what is happening in the American church. And 
we have to ask the question, what, what's happening? Where, where, are we, where are we straying? You know, where, where are we getting off base? And, and these guys, a lot of them, and like Aaron said, they're, they're coming from all over the world, and they are the, the same vein and the same message of, of, of get back to what God has called you to do. Get back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think that so, so many times as we stray off the message, we stray away from why we were called for salvation. Um, I, I, was, I was struck this morning in prayer of just of, of saying, Lord, I think sometimes we just forget about love. Remember when you first accepted Christ and you felt love and you felt excitement. And I think that you, you can just be a Christian for so long and, and then forget that. Is that we have been saved. We, we have been saved. A guy died for you and me. And he lives and he has given us life. And when we die from this earth, it's not the end because we have been saved. And we contain this message within us. And I think a lot of times we just get away from that message. And these guys were saying we have to get back to the message of the gospel. Well, and that we've been given this gift. Why in the world do we not want to share it with as many as we possibly can? You know, we've been set free, and sometimes we can set the cruise control to heaven, you know. Well, I'm comfortable, uh, or, or make sure I'm comfortable, I'm okay, things are going well for me. And then we forget there's a lost and dying world, specifically the younger generation that has not even heard. We've got a whole generation coming up that is unchurched. Bruce has said it a million times. But this ought to grieve our hearts, that they don't even know. We've been given the opportunity how can we not give that opportunity to others? Not in pride, not in arrogance, not that we're better than you. Of course not. That's not it at all. It was by him. It was what he did on the cross that set us free. How can we not share that? Yeah. And that that's the mission. So we've got a job to do. All of us, not just pastors. All of us have a job to do. That's right. You know, and, and we were all smelly at one point in our life, you know, before somebody... Uh, helped us come to know the Lord, or we asked Jesus in our heart. You got to remember that we there's a there's a lot of smelly, stinky people, and you know sometimes that means they do really st smell and they they stink. Other times it just means they're just involved in sin. But that Jesus didn't care about that. He wanted their hearts. He wanted to. He wanted them to love him, and that's that is uh, that's the simplest message. I mean, it, we just got to get back. To that. Yes. That's where he was found. Jesus was found among the sinners. The religious were angry because he wasn't doing the religious thing. He was found with the lost. He was found with the broken. That those those were presently in sin. And it says he loved us while we were sinners. We must love others while they're in their sin. Whether they turn to God or not, that's not the issue. Yes, we hope they do. The issue is just to spread his love and to show a lost and dying world the answer, which is Jesus Christ. I want to just, uh, it's interesting, I want to read a couple of, of passages of scripture as we challenge our hearts. The, interestingly enough, these, are, this, these first couple were, were, were readings in the one-year Bible while we were in Texas. By accident, I don't think so. This is from Mark, and I, I want you to catch what, what the emphasis, what Jesus' heart is. 
This is from Mark 1, verse 16. One day, as Jesus was walking on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. If we forget that it's about fishing for people, about lost people, about getting people that are far away from God to know Jesus, we have stopped following him. And then a little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons James and John in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in a boat with hired men. And so they just dropped everything and said, where you go, that's where we're going. Then listen to this from, from Mark chapter 2. This is just a chapter, um, the next chapter in verse 13. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, and this is Matthew, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. If you're wondering, tax collectors weren't very popular people. They're still not very popular people. Jesus says to him, follow me and be my disciple. Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus, and I want you to hear the heartbeat of this. Je he invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. God forbid. Listen to this. So he's around these broken, hurting people. Where do we find Jesus? Around disreputable people. Listen to this. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. If you're looking for a good tattoo, if you're doing that thing, I'm just kidding. Don't do a tattoo. <laughs> there were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Where do we find Jesus? Why aren't people, if, if, we're, if we're Christ followers, shouldn't we be drawing those people? Because those people love to be around him. They were drawn to him. Why aren't people drawn to the church? Maybe it's because we have forgotten what he was about. There were many people like this among his followers. But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? These are, these are church people. This should be sobering to us. These are church people. And they're saying to his disciples, why is he eating with these people? Jesus heard this. He told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come... To call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. And folks, I know that I'm a sinner, saved by grace. I know that I'm a sinner that is in desperate need of Jesus. Because when we call ourselves Christians, Christ followers, that means he's leading us and that we're following. Here's the question as you read the gospel. Where is he leading us? Because when we get away from the mission that he called us and we are, we are out doing our own thing and we are out, you know, majoring on things that are, don't need to be majored on, we have stopped following him. We have to get back to following him. And the gospel is about reaching those that are far away from God. That's why the church exists. And, and remembering that it's not about me. You know, sometimes it's comfortable, it's easy for us to come into church and say, well, what are you doing for me? How are you serving me? 
that's a temptation for all of us. That's a temptation for us. Um, I think it's, it, you know, we can, we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble if that's our, if that's our mentality. Again, we have the message. Many of us here in this room are very mature in our faith. We should be aiming at the young, aiming at those who need help, learning their faith, knowing Jesus Christ. Um, in a household, Bruce may have alluded to this a while back, I think it bears repeating, in a household, who do you feed in your household? The children. If your teenage kid needs to be spoon-fed, there's a problem. <laughs> you know, that's a little awkward. <laughs> um, it stops being cute really quick. <laughs> um, we need to consider those in our midst that may be new to the faith, but when somebody's sitting in the church that has been here all their lives and they're complaining that I'm not getting fed, you're not doing enough for me, you know what? That's, that's a problem. You're old enough in the faith. You should be feeding yourself on a daily basis. When you say that, or when we, I say that, when I'm tempted by that complaint, I'm saying, I'm not getting in the word daily. I'm not having my own time with the Lord. I'm not feeding myself. That's a problem. It's time that we focus on the young that haven't heard, that don't know, that need training. Those that are out there that are new to the faith, we need to be loving them, taking time. When I've been so convicted by this because a lot of, a lot of my life has been spent, what, what, who's doing something for me? Who, who's helping me? And I would be so miserable, I'd get into depression, and I found out as soon as I start, if, as soon as I start thinking that way, if I start doing something for someone else, I'm not depressed anymore. I'm not sad. I'm not looking around seeing who's doing for me. I'm blessed. I'm joyful. In fact, one of the speakers, that was one of the things he said. He said, if you're weary, if you're dry in your faith, it's probably because you're not reaching the lost. Almost every time, you can, you can go back to that. If, if our complaint is, I'm dry, get in the word. Have your time with the Lord and then go seek out the lost and those that, that don't know. And I guarantee you, depression will leave. You will stop asking the question, why aren't you doing for me? And you will be changed. It does. It changed me. This side just starts leaning the talking more, so we're trying yeah. to do anyone. <laughs> it's good over there. <laughs> you know, I was talking to my boys this morning, um, you know, as, as we're talking about um, winning the lost, you know, and not staying, staying in our mindset of, you know, it's all about me. Uh, Judah Smith uh, was one of the, the speakers uh, this week, and he's a, he's a young guy. Um, is he from old Seattle? Seattle. And uh, he, Ed Young, another ism from Ed Young here, uh, he dresses kind of cool and wild, but he, uh, Ed Young says, you know, geek is chic. He kind of <laughs> dresses geeky, but it's chic. And, and I was talking with my boys about that this morning, and I, I said, you know, it's really, it's really neat how he just, he dresses totally opposite of what you would think a pastor 
should look like or, you know, someone out in the world would, would uh, look like. But, you know, really it makes a lot of sense. What he's doing is he's, he's putting himself out there just like Jesus did. He's different. He's unique. He's drawing people in to get the message. And that's, that's where I think I lose it is, you know, I think they got to look like me in order for me to, to minister to that, that lost person. That's not true. I need to get to their level. I need to look like them, you know, not be like them, but look like them in order to win the lost. It's like Paul said. Well, this isn't necessarily about um, winning the lost, but something that I that I took away, um, and these are just really random because there are so many speakers and so much good stuff. Um, but there was a pastor, another young pastor from the West Coast, um, Stephen Furtick, and um, it was really a motivational session, and it's for everybody. And I guess there's a lot of business leaders that go to this conference as well. It's not just for for pastors. Um, and what he said was, we need to tell ourselves this because this is what God thinks of us. You're doing better than you think you are. I'm doing better than I think I am. Um, because condemnation can come in so easily and, and paralyze the potential that we all have. And he was talking about a football game, watching a football game with his wife. And she said, oh, I just hate those instant replays. I hate them. And he said, are you kidding me? That's my favorite part of the game. He said, I love the instant replays. Um, because there's three little words that can change the whole game. When they come back and they say, upon further review, and they can reverse, you know, what's been called, and, you know, it can change the whole game. And um, something we can't see, God is working always for our best, and there's a lot of things we can't see that can turn the whole thing around. Um, so just in whatever, you know, we're struggling with in our lives, God is working behind the scenes on on my behalf and on all of our behalf, he has our best interests at heart. And like the song we sang, um, causes all things to work together for good, we sing a song, you know, he does. He causes all things to work together for, for good. And um, you're doing better than you think you are. And I'm doing better than I think I am. And I really got a lot out of that. And that's the beautiful thing is, is when we come, and again, I, I hope this is encouraging and challenging like it was for us. I mean, I, I, I came away from there very convicted, very challenged, but very encouraged that, that we can begin anew and, and fresh today with Christ. I mean, he, he extends his mercy and his love so freely that it would blow our minds if we got an, if we got an understanding of an ounce of his love for us. It would, it would revolutionize the way we think. I mean, it would absolutely change everything that he deeply loves us and that we contain this as, as Christ followers. We contain this message for the world. The passage that Aaron was, was mentioning is, is from 1 Corinthians 9, and, and we were meditating on this on, on the plane yesterday and uh, before the turbulence hit. Whoa, that was wild, man. I thought, that was crazy, but uh, scared me. Um, but listen to Paul's words here. When he is, uh, his, his urgency, and, 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 you, and you hear his heart of, of what he caught from Jesus. 
In 1 Corinthians 4, he says, follow me as I follow Christ, and this whole idea of following Christ. And he says this, he says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I've become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. And he's going to say this over and over. When I was with the Jews, I lived like the Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law, even though I am not a subject to the law. I did this so I could bring them to Christ. When I'm with the Gentiles who don't follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so that I can bring them to Christ. You guys can work with me. It's okay. He said, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything that I can save some. Other translation says, I do all things, I become all things to all men that I might win some. I do everything, everything that I do is to spread the good news and to share in its blessing. Do you see what his passion was as a minister? Do you see what his passion was when he went out and he planted these churches? Do you see what his passion was even when he endured trials and imprisonment? It was to win people to Jesus Christ. That is why we exist as the church. That is why we are called. And, and, and like Athena said earlier, you're all called to the ministry. One of the breakout sessions that Aaron and I went to, it's called, it was called First Impressions. And that was so challenging. He said, everyone in your church, and he's, you know, of course, he's talking to us as leaders. He said, everyone in your church is preaching a message. You're all preaching a message. When somebody comes in the door and you greet them, you're preaching a message that you belong here. If you ignore them, you're preaching a message that we don't want you here. And he talks about first impressions, and a few of you guys saw a couple of us wacky guys, myself and Taylor and Aaron, out there waving at you. You know, some people, it's so funny when people are like, they're driving by, I'm like, whoa, what are you doing out there? This is Minnesota in the winter. Of course, it feels great today, but. And so and that was one of the things that, you know, you pull up onto this campus and people are waving at you, parking attendants that volunteer their time. They're unpaid they, and they, they're, they're dancing and they're pointing, they're like waving at you and you just feel uplifted before you even get out of your car. And then people meet you and they, and they just simply say this and they don't spend a whole lot. They just say, we're so glad you're here. You know what? So before we get into the conference, we're ministered to. Those people are preaching to us. You're valuable. We're glad you're here. And you guys have, you are empowered. In fact, he said a lot of times your people preach to them before you do. He said because if somebody's ignored them, they felt alone. They felt, you know, isolated when they're sitting in there, and he said, and you're trying to preach to them, they're not listening to you. All they remember is that message that they heard when they came in, and they're looking at their watch saying, how quickly can I get out of this place? You guys have, you, you guys have a powerful ministry to minister, to preach to people. You're preaching a message. We all just have different roles. Um, one of the pastors that spoke reminded us that the and I think this is so helpful, goodness, I need this posted up in my house, that we're not the main character in this whole thing. It, it's Jesus. And um, we just have a part to play. Each of us has a part to play. And, um, but we've been chosen. Though it's about him, he included us, he's invited us. 
And remembering that, remembering that first love, remembering that passion, it's easy to lose our passion. We, we are spent at every turn. And we give ourselves and our, our schedules often are surrendered to, to busyness, to um, the, sometimes it's good, you want balance, but sometimes we forget to have our time and our lives set apart for Christ Jesus. And, um, and remember, though, that it's about him. It's all about him. And as, as we draw close to him, he renews the passion that's within us for his holy, beautiful name. And then it just spills over. And so remembering that, that really it's about him, allowing him to infill us and put his passion within us, and then that we've got a job to do, we've got a mission to do, and that is to share what we have with others. And I know I kind of keep saying that, but it's really good. It's really good for me, you know. Um, but we're, you're important. Remembering that you're important. We can't do this without you. And, and I think the American culture, the Western culture, it, it, we exalt man so much. Um, we want a man to do it for us. We don't, ha we don't want to do maybe what we should do. And so if somebody else is doing it, we feel better. Well, the pastor's paid to do it. We have a job to do. You're on mission. Jesus came to each and every one of you. And so now it's your turn to take that. You've got a mission to do, to fulfill it. Um, each part is absolutely necessary. I know I already said that, but that's just, it's just, if we can remember that. Because if the heart of the matter is that we truly love him and we truly know him and we want to make him known, then there's only so much we can do. But there's a whole lot each of you can do. That's right. And so just remembering that, that it's all about Jesus. Passion for him within you spills over. And then many know. You know, what... Uh Stovall Weems spoke the last night of the of the conference, and it it was awesome. Um, but you know, just getting back to the message of Jesus, that it is it's simple, and he he said, you know, John three sixteen. I mean, that, if if anything, we should be just excited about John three sixteen. The the big thing that really impacted me was. You know, we, everybody talks about revival happening. Well, we want revival on this or that or the other thing. Well, he, his, his was, again, very simple. Relevance. Relevance will, is going to meet revival. That means we need to reach the lost, and we need to reach the young generation, the generation that we need to be reaching. We need to be relevant in order to do that. And we can't, we, you know, one of the things is, it, it, he said was, you know, for too long the church has been dead. We, we need to move with Jesus. Wake up. Get out of our rules and traditions. Let, let's go get the lost. Yes. I thought that was just, that's awesome. That, that is, that's the heartbeat of this, this whole time that we had with, with uh, the messages that we heard was, it's time. It's time to go get the lost. And we can't be sitting and, and sitting back and just waiting for it to come to us, we need to get out there and reach the lost. Yes, amen. You want? Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the one of the uh, the 
the ways that uh, Stovall Weems used used the what I had just talked about was he he was on an on an airplane flying from you know one destination to another, and as he was on the airplane, you know, um, we we haven't been on an air, airplane for a while, so. You know, you, you hear all the rules and, uh, and, and all the things that you have to follow. I mean, now even more so just because of all the things that have happened in the past. There are set rules, and if you don't follow them, you're, you're, it's against the law. And he said in this particular flight, there were some specific rules that needed to be followed, and not all those rules are, are communicated to you. Some of them are just, you, you just kind of got to know them. Well, one of the uh, young college student who was sitting near Stovall um, didn't know all the rules, and he got up to go to the bathroom. And when you're in flight, you, you can't do that. In this particular flight, you, you could not leave your seat. You had to stay in your seat. And this, this young man, not knowing that, got up, went into the bathroom to, to use the bathroom. One of the airline uh, flight attendants came running from the front, front of the front or back, whichever, running to the bathroom, full, you know, full war, flat out run, started pounding, bang, 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 bang. FAA rules, you cannot be out of your seat. Bang, 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 bang. He just starts banging on this door. And, and Stovall, you know, everybody kind of stops and they're just like, what is going on? You know, is this something we have to be concerned about? This, you know, this guy disappears into the bathroom. You know, all this this uh, airline uh, uh, flight attendant was, you know, just bang, 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 bang on this door. And uh, finally, the the young man opens the door carefully, peeks out, and just starts looking around. And and he was in there. He was going doing. Yeah, going going number two. <laughs> he had he had no idea what the rules were. And the way Stovall related it back to what I just said was, you know, the people that are out there that are lost coming into the church have no idea what our rules and our traditions are. None. And it's really it doesn't matter what those rules and traditions are. They're here to come to know Jesus. We need to get away from those rules and traditions and, and get on to the message and start, start, start. <laughs> Somebody's playing with a child's toy over there. FAA regulations. <laughs> yeah. <Ding. laughs> so again, it, it is, it's, we need to be relevant in order to meet revival. We need to, to, to go out and not do the same old, same old. We got to be fresh. Yeah, yeah we, have, we have rules. There are things that have to be abided by. We have the word of God. We want to stay within the boundaries of that. However, when we honor those things above people that don't know, that are just coming in or maybe are out in the world and we expect them to live like a Christian, what kind of message are we sending? You need to live by our rules, and it offends me if you cuss. It offends me if you do anything else. Because I'm a Christian, you, you should abide by my rules. Where do we get these types of, of thinking? It's faulty thinking. I need to live unto the Lord. 
this person may not know, and probably doesn't. They're living in the world. Why would they live like a Christian? So we need to be careful that we don't just hang on to our rules or things that bother us or even the things that are good when people don't know, when they aren't committed to the Lord, when they don't have a relationship with him. And um, one of the things one of the guys said, he said, you know, sometimes it's tempting for us as Christians. We get comfortable. We start living in the church culture and um, we just want to be cared for. The religious spirit just wants to be cared for. I've alluded to this. But we start forgetting about people and, and leading them to Christ. And um, he said, sometimes we just want a pleasure ship in church. He said, but the church is called to be a battleship. And we're called to fight for the souls of men, not to fight them, to fight for their soul. And so it is time. We're, we're on mission with God. We've got a job to do. We need to do it. Exactly. I mean, our connection with, with the lost, where do you find Jesus among the disreputable, you know, what the religious called disreputable sinners, and such were some of his followers. They were drawn to him. And I doubt once he looked at them and said, FFA, you know, FAA regulations, don't do that. He, now, he had a standard. He controlled the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere. They were convicted, and he did not stray away from the message. But he reached people right where they're at. And that's what Paul said is, I, I become all things to all people. So I'm going to change my methods to reach people. I'm going to change my methods. The message never changed. We will not divert from the word of God. We will not divert from truth. We will not divert from preaching the truth of the gospel. That, 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 that sin is a trap and there's life in Christ. I mean, we're going to preach the truth, but our methods will change. That's why when we connect with the world and we look a little different, and my, this is kind of my geek chic look, but you know, whatever, you know, is, is this is what I'm comfortable wearing and, and, and I want people to feel like they belong here. And that's why we, we change the methods. We make change. Organisms, by their very nature, change. You know what happens to an organism when it stops changing? It no longer lives. And so the church is an organism. It's a living thing. We have the life of Christ. We have the good news. We are containers filled with Jesus Christ. And when we stop changing, we are, we are on the road to death. And so we want to reach, again, if you follow Christ, where does he lead you? You know, the whole, the whole idea of the, the parable that he gave about the shepherd leaving the 99. If you're going to follow Jesus, he's going to take you to the disreputable. He's going to leave the 99. He's going to go after that one that's lost out there. He's going to take you to the well, and he's going to sit you beside that woman at the well caught in, in, in a horrible lifestyle. And he's going to have you sit with her and talk with her. If you're following him, he's going to have you ministering and, and, and talking to that lady caught in adultery. He's going to have you sitting down with her and having a conversation with her and not running from her and her sin. He's going to have you, with, as you're following him, he's going to lead you to Zacchaeus, who is a horrible sinner who takes advantage of people. And he's going to have you having a conversation because if you're following him, that's who he's going to take you to. Jesus was found to be around the lost and he brought the wood and critical to the religious spirit. 
Every time in the Gospels, read it. And if you're following Jesus, that's what you're going to see. And so that's when we talk about that we will change methods. That's why we're not doing music from 50 years ago. Now, the message of our music is the same. We're exalting Jesus. We're exalting the cross of Christ. But it's going to change to reach, to love, to connect with people that are far away from God. And I'm like a lot of you, you know, the, the, I grew up with some of the oldies. And guess what? Sometimes when I hear those, those mean a lot to me, bring tears to my eyes. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to expect that to touch somebody else that's up and coming. They don't connect with that. And we have to change the methods, but hold on to the truth and the message. That's why the church must change. Um, along the lines of being welcoming, um, the very this was said the very first night, and it applies to all of us. And um, Ed Young, whose church it's held at, um, was preaching and seek first the kingdom of God and and walk on your knees with a humble attitude and heart. And I really liked that because he's got a huge church and he's got a lot of people and he's on TV. But he um, said walk on your knees with a humble attitude and heart. And as leaders in your home at your job, at school, um, church, wherever it may be, and, and get rid of pride. He was telling everyone, get rid of, get rid of pride. That's the forerunner of all sins. And again, it's just good to hear that from people who are very successful at what they do and, and that God you know, has given favor in these different areas. And, um, and his father, Ed Young Sr., repeated that as well. He said, walk on your knees. And um, instead of saying, Getting for asking or you know praying for people to get saved, he kind of threw out an interesting term. He said, "Get salvaged." And if you watch any of the shows on TLC, what's that one where they restore things? <laughs> Which one? That's one. Yep. And then another one where a guy. Um, yeah, American Restoration. American Restoration. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> There's a lot of shows like that. They take these old things and restore them. You know, salvage them. And um, we need to think of people and ourselves. We, we all got salvaged or restored back to the purpose for which we were made. And um, that show is so cool because people bring in these things that are just junk and worthless. They don't work. And this guy restores them. And um, they're restored back to the purpose for which they're made. And the original owners come back, if you've ever seen the show, and they're just amazed and they're so happy. And um, so I like that. Instead of saying get saved, get salvaged. Yeah, you know, uh, they said this one of the first nights, too. It's, you know, it's a culture shift. And, you know, anybody in business, you hear culture shift, and that, that, that means change. And, you know, we, we have to be ready to change on the move. And it can't, we can't be stuck in the same old, same old groove. Hey, I'm rhyming. Yeah, come on. Ed, Ed Young rhymes a lot, so. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm gleaning something from that. Uh, um, it's kind know, of cheesy. Yeah, it is cheesy. You <laughs> but know, you remember it. That's right. You totally remember it. That's right. It. That's right. You know, when we, when we got to the church, we were talking about this before, just the love that um, you feel when you go there, to, to have people waving at you when you're coming into the parking lot and to have people that greet you as you're coming in, not stopping to ask you how you're doing, but just to say, welcome, we're, we're glad you're here, thanks for coming. There's the love 
that that you feel from that was just it, it was you didn't have to get a hug nobody had to come up and tell you they loved you you just you felt it and that's you know as as you look at the, the church here just you know people walking in they they need to feel that love they need to feel that they they can come in and find out more and if if the only thing is that they got from coming here you know one week is that they felt loved and they want to come back the next week to feel that again to see people waving at them to see people come in you know when they come in saying i'm glad you're here thanks for coming welcome that 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 would just be awesome and and to see all the people that were serving it was it was i'm sorry but it's a lot of gray-haired people out helping as well as to the you know our age and younger so it wasn't that one generation had to be doing it all it was everybody was doing something in the kingdom of god there yeah exactly it was a beautiful it was a beautiful unity um i i, I want to say this on a side note our heart is not to become a church in dallas we're not a church in dallas our, our heart is not to become a church of fifteen thousand unless God wants to do that. We're going to have to expand this place if we do. So I'm just saying, going to have to knock a wall out or two. Um, or three. Um, <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, it's not this mindset of trying to become someone else. God is call, has a unique calling for us. I want to say that we, we love you guys, and we love serving here. We, I, 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 feel, I feel stronger than ever a sense of mission here. We love doing this journey with you. We're inviting you into this adventure with us. But you all have a part to play. And, 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 and it really is. I mean, what you see there is the principles. Not, not, not to become like that, but you see the principles, the unity. That they're all on the same page. I mean, they are, you, you can go to any volunteer and say, you know, what's the vision and mission of this place? And bam, they'll tell you right, right quick what it is. And they're serving together. You know, Philippians 2, which, you know, was a, a part of our scripture memory. Um, but you, and you see the flow of this in Philippians 2. It's, it's, it's like-mindedness. Like-mindedness, that's, that's unity. That doesn't mean, guess what, and, and, and you guys have heard me say this, like-mindedness and unity is not agreeing on everything. We, we all have different preferences, don't we? I mean, that's what makes us beautiful. That's the tapestry of the human condition is where we have different preferences and likes, and that's what's beautiful about it. That's like a family. We don't like everything about our family members. Don't, don't be religious on me. You know what I'm talking about. You know, you'll cry at their funeral, but you don't want them over for Thanksgiving. You, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, but we love each other. And we might have a disagreement, but that, families, they love through that stuff. And they say, I'm committed to you no matter what. I, I'm committed to you. And I'm committed to what, what God is calling us to do. And in Philippians 2, you see the like-mindedness, everybody on the same page, working together in one mind, one purpose, not different visions. And then Paul gets into, and he's talking to the church, and he really does say, and, we, and we're memorizing here, and, 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 and the long and the short of it, it's not about you. The church is not about you. He said, be, um, be humble, thinking of others before yourself. You've got, you, you've got the good news in you, now give it away. 
loving those that are far away from God, having the attitude of Christ who gave up his reputation, who left all of heaven to become one of us on the greatest missions trip ever, heaven to earth, to die for us. And then he's saying, if you want to be my followers, I'm asking you to take up your cross too. And guess what? Our crosses are. Our cross is our preference, our opinions. Because we, we had a great conversation with these guys on the way back. Um, and you know, it's interesting when you hear this when, in, in the first century church, you know, when they became a Christian, you know, they, they really did count the cost and that, that whole mindset of Jesus saying, take up your cross, to them, it was way, way more literal. When a first century Christian when they have the good news presented and all of a sudden, here, here's the decision. Here, we go, well, you know, you know, I say yes to Christ and thank God for salvation and hopefully it makes us excited. Here's what the first century Christian or person was doing. If I say yes to Christ, there is a high, high percentage that I'm literally going to get killed. That just puts it in a whole nother level. I'm, I'm literally, physically, most likely going to die. But Jesus, you are worth it. And so then, when we're asked, and Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, where I'm going to lead you, first place I'm going to lead you is to the cross. And I want you to take up your cross. That's, that's your opinions, your preferences. I don't like that song style. It sounds too loud. And he's saying, take up your cross. I don't want to be in Minnesota. It's too cold. Take up your cross. <laughs> Take up your cross and serve people. Take up your cross and think of others because it's about them. It's about people that are far away from God. I want this church to be a place in this region that people go, that is the best place to be on Sunday morning. I want them, I want them, I want them coming in here saying, whatever they've got going on, I, I, I want that. And not necessarily to hear me yammering on. Lee Strobel shared a story at the conference about, uh, you know, about people that are connecting with God. You know, there's some people that will come in here and the loudest sermon they hear is your love to them. They may not hear a word that comes out of my mouth and they might find Christ because you love them. I think of Doug and Sandy and they've shared it before when they were first here and Doug says they love me up one side and down the other. And I'm like, let's be that. Let's be that. Because you may, they, again, they may not remember a word that I said. Well, what did the pastor preach on? I don't know, but so-and-so loved me. And I found Jesus. What happens if our church culture changes to become that? To reach out, to reach out, to reach out, to reach up to him and to reach out to others. To reach up to him, to reach out to others. To find those that are far away from God and say, we have the life-transforming message of Jesus Christ and it's for you. I'm excited. Well, in remembering, as, as I think we're wrapping it up here, but as remembering in all of this, going out, doing whatever you do, remembering what Jesus says over you, remembering who you are to him, that he says he's made you more than an overcomer. You are victorious through Christ Jesus. You are the apple of his eye. You are his beloved. 
You were called forth from the very foundations of the world. You are able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This is the truth. And because of what he has done, you're saved, you're redeemed, you're covered in the blood of, of the lamb that he shed on the cross. That's the truth. That's who you are. That's who I am. We're children, sons and daughters of the king. That message, getting that passion, that's what compels us to love others. And when we lose sight of that, then we, we forget the mission. But when we get that, I am called. I'm chosen. I have a purpose. Christ lives in me, the hope of glory. I don't have to come up with great words or some other, you know, formula. Christ is in me, the hope of glory. So remembering who you are. You have a purpose. You are called. You are loved. You are chosen. And let's go. Let's do this. It's an awesome journey that we get to be on with the king of the universe. Can we stand? Yes. That's awesome. That's exactly right. And we're, and we're, we're, gonna, we're going to end this thing with a, with a, with a shout of, 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 of praise, too. And that is good. Marvin Hildall's home. He's out of pain. You know, when that accident first happened, they thought he was going to die. And uh, Jesus has different plans. God has a plan for that man. And so can we stand together? I hope you caught the heartbeat of why we wanted to share today, of to be reminded of the mission that we are on, the treasure that we have in Christ Jesus, that we, we have the Savior of the world living inside of us, and that he is alive now in heaven. He's preparing a place for us, and we, that, that's the good news that we have. We should be shouting it from every housetop that we have the light of the world within us and that he loves us. He's given his life for us. That's who we serve. You know, I was reminded, you know, at, at, on, uh, when, while we're on mission, we went to Chick-fil-A one day. Anybody ever been to Chick-fil-A? That's, that that's God's fast food restaurant. I'm going to tell you that right now. They're closed on Sunday because they're a Christian organization. That's why it's God's... Uh, but I was struck by something when we, when we went in there is uh, like Chick-fil-A employees are, they're better than the church. They really are. It's conviction to me. They, they are just like, so glad that you're here. And then you say, thank you for something. They go, my pleasure. I'm like, whoa. And they have chicken. <laughs> I mean, albeit it's good chicken. We have Jesus. When people come in, we should, I mean, we should be three feet off the ground with excitement. And what Aaron mentioned was, was the last night of the, of the conference, this guy, Stovall Weems, he said, and I, I want to close with this because he was talking about, he said, I just recently watched the State of the Union address. He said, I don't watch that much, but I, I was just curious and, you know, president sharing. And, and, and there's times, if you've ever watched that, that 
you know, the president, and, and it happens in years past, and, and, and he'll say a phrase, and, or if it, it's, a, it's kind of a political platform statement or paragraph that he says, and then if all of Congress likes what he says, what do they do? They rise to their feet, and they're honoring what he's saying, and, they, and they're shouting, and, they're, and he said, I was just struck by what they do. And then he says this. He said, I want to I wanna, I wanna read a scripture to you. And he just simply read John 3.16. And of course, you know, you know what happened. I mean, people were just, you know, and it was, he said, this is the life-giving message of the king of the ages. And sometimes we give more honor to something, a political thing that a president will say. And Jesus has come to give us life. And he said, if this doesn't get us excited, we need to find something different to do. Our eternities have been changed by the power of the message of the cross. That's what we're on mission for. So let's go for it together. Let's, as a family, go for it. Go forward and see what God will do. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we honor you today. We thank you for this day, God. We thank you that you're alive. Thank you that you're alive in us. And Lord, just as Ilsa said that, 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 that what Ed Young says is, is walk on your knees. And, and Lord, I, as a pastor, Lord, forgive me for missing the mission. Forgive me, Lord God, for sometimes when I get away from what I was created to do and, and getting away from the message of the gospel of Jesus. Lord, thank you for reminding us of that. Lord, help bring us back to our first love. Help us never to forget why we're alive and why we are on the earth, that we are, are here to spread the love of Jesus to a lost world because, Lord, we once were lost and you found us. You came and rescued us. Lord, may we be on rescue mission together. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for, Lord, touching Marvin Hildall. We thank you for ministering to him. Lord, we pray, God, for those that are struggling, maybe physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, that your, your life would just be in them and through them and strengthen them, Lord God. Lord, help us to always be reminded when we get up every day that we are on mission with you. We are on mission with you. We are on mission with you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. God, we honor you today. I pray that people would go and be blessed. Lord, that we would have a, a good week in you, that we would come back next week expecting to receive from you and to give that out to other people. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.